our six gentlemen that will be joining are Mr. Sam Burns, Mr. Ricky Fowler, Mr. Brooks Kepka, Mr. Colin Morikawa, Mr. Jordan Spieth, and Mr. Justin Thomas. Well, it's getting awful close now, isn't it? The Solheim Cup, the Ryder Cup, the anticipation is building and we are giddy beside ourselves with excitement. That sounded sarcastic, by the way. It really isn't. We genuinely are very excited about both here at Bunkered HQ. So hello, welcome to the latest episode of the Bunkered Podcast in association with Callaway. Michael McEwen here, as always. Hello, how are you? Hope you're doing well, wherever in the world you might be. I see we're number one again in Ghana. Brilliant. Obviously, you know, something must have happened. We dropped down the standings there. We were two and three for a while, but we're now back up to number one. So we are delighted to have you tuning in again, you wonderful Ghanaians. Bryce Ritchie, Bunkered Editor, sitting opposite. We're in a slightly different setup this week, Bryce, because we've got sofas. Is this a sign of things to come? Is this, yes. Is this the future? It is. I th- well, I, th- I hope it's the future because I hate where we usually sit. They're kind of uncomfortable, the seats yeah, in the studio, bit. aren't they? No, I, like, I like a bit of comfort in my life, Michael. Yeah, it's just sprawled out there. I deserve comfort. Nicely. I deserve comfort. I really ought to take a picture of this so that people can see <laughs> exactly how chilled you look. Please don't. How are you doing? Are you well? How's the back, more to the point? Back's good. I hit golf balls, which some people might know, at World of Golf on... Monday night. Has Luke Donald phoned yet? No, I looked, the swing looked good though, didn't it? It really did. To be it did look good. Yeah. And I hit about 100 balls. I almost had my wee boy in tears, trying to fix his grip. If anyone's ever taught their own kid golf. Oh, you were, uh, sorry, I you thought he was goes. just so overcome with emotion that watching no. his dad flushing it. No, it was, uh, we had a testing five minutes and uh, we're getting there. We're getting there. But it was good. It was like good. Tiger and Charlie. Mm-hmm. It's not like Tiger and Charlie. <laughs> I really, but really that's the goal. wish it was. That is the goal. <laughs> the swing did look very, very good, I have Thanks. to say. But I'm going to throw this out there. You're an honest man. You've always been an honest man. And so this is the ultimate test. You know when someone puts a picture of themselves on social media, like a selfie, you know fine well they've taken a hundred photos and settled to get on the best to one. that picture. So how many videos did you two film? two videos before? Right, one was a slight push and one was a bit of a hook. Can we see those as well? No, you can't. <laughs> they've been deleted. Yeah, you realise you've got recently deleted items in your phone. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not sharing them. But they weren't too bad. Okay, couldn't it was they uh, for somebody that's not played eighteen. So I'm playing a boys golf weekend mm. this weekend, and I won that boys golf weekend last year. And I have not played 18 holes since. Really? Yes. Just a, a mic drop just and then you'll pick up the mic back, this weekend. So I'm hoping that it just I carry on when I left <laughs> off. And if that happens, I've had back-to-back wins. It's 100% record yeah. over a 12-month period. You're like the Scottish Victor Hovland, potentially. You could say that. Yeah, there's a thought. There's a thought. Well, enjoy that. And we're bringing him on all the way from, let me get this right, South Yorkshire? <laughs> I've only said it a few times. <laughs> Alex Perry, hello, good morning. How are you doing? Hello, I'm very well. I, I I like this setup because it means I can just walk around my house while I'm talking to you. I'm not glued to my chair. I'm yeah. getting my steps in while podding. <laughs> Question number one, are you closed? I am fully closed. Please answer if you quicker. Want a full, Jesus. If you want a full yeah. breakdown. You, yeah. Sorry, do you want my... um? You want, what do they call it in when they... You're scripting. Scripting. 
As long as it's not going to be like Le- Leslie Nielsen and the Naked Gun where he goes to the toilet and the thing's still on, you can hear him having a pee. Oh, yes. That could be quite good. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hear that I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to go for a wee during the podcast. If, if I do that, I would probably just say, can yeah. we have a wee break? I mean, we're, we're all getting a bit older now, aren't we? We need to talk <laughs> <laughs> And it's not three o'clock in the morning. I mean, that's when we usually go to the toilet at our exactly. age. But exactly. yeah, I love how you call it a wee you can tell that we've yeah. got an English correspondent now. Tokens coming round. <laughs> I'm going to nip for a yeah, week. That means something very different up there, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, how are you, Mr. Perry? It's been a couple of weeks since we had you on the show. It's been about a month since you and Bryce communicated via microphones. That might be the reason why we've gone back to number one in Ghana. Ah. Maybe they, they hate they hate the English. They hate the Maybe. combo. Yeah. I don't think they do. I don't know the political history of Ghana, so I don't know if they do hate the English. Uh, maybe that's something, maybe some, I mean, there's obviously people in Ghana listening to this, but maybe some of them could tweet us or write to us and let us know why, Yeah. what we've yeah. done wrong when I've been away. <laughs> maybe it's, I, I'm far too fragile for that. I don't need that. <laughs> exactly. That That is opening up a can of worms that I don't think you need to. But you're doing well. Great to have I'm you I'm doing on. very well. I had, a, I had a few days back at home in Cornwall playing golf and dicking around on the beach with the kids. Can't ask for more than that, can you? I suppose you can't. Did you, did you say you played golf when you were down in, Corn, uh, down in Cornwall or up in Cornwall? Don't with, even I well, know that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's down, really, isn't it? Is it? It's down, right, okay. It's right down at the bottom. I mean, you go any further, you're in Paris. It's about as south as you can go. Yeah. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, I've yeah, played Bude, my old home club, which is uh, my favourite place on the planet. Bude. Bude and North Cornwall. Very. If you watched the European tour last week where they were playing at Castle Rock, sort of very similar vibe. The, the, the clubhouse is smack bang in the middle of the town. There's a wonderful little bit. So you, you start over the road from the clubhouse, you actually have to cross the main road to get to the first tee. And the first tee is just right there on the path where people are flooding down to the peach, like right behind you as you're hitting your first tee shot. You play one down the hill, two back up the hill, three back down the hill, and then you cross over the road again. And I'll, I'll, I'll put a picture on my social, I'll send it to you. But the, the fourth hole is a tiny path, 340 yards, something like that. But it's completely isolated by roads. So you cross over the road to go to... Um, the tee, which is right next to the beach car park. So it's hilarious. So you're Sounds your very dangerous. You're, you're, you're playing this part. Yeah, old cars. Michael couldn't play there without golf insurance. Cars. Absolutely not. It's given me the fear. Yeah. And uh, yeah, then you, you play the par three and then you come back over to play five and then you cross back over to the clubhouse side and then you play six to 18 on that side. It's, it's good fun. It's, it's a brilliant golf club and I would recommend everyone going down oh, there. Oh, v- very good. There you go. You've got your 60 seconds and that'll pay for there the membership go. for the next year. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yeah. Cheers, guys. The Cornwall Tourist Board, they'll be sending their cheque. Well done. Good to do a Cornwall <laughs> accent there, but I don't know a Cornwall accent. Uh, I think we've had mixed success with accents yeah, in the show. Right? So many, but... <laughs> Welcome to Bugger Club. It's practically France anyway, isn't it? Pretty much. Pretty yeah. much. It's closer to France than it is to here. That's yeah. that's all I know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Very look, true. enough of Cornwall. Uh, I didn't mean that sound as disparaging as it potentially did, but that's enough of that. You mean it. Yeah, exactly. Let's talk Ryder Cup because we now know the full American lineup for next month's match at Marcos and Monet. That was French that's again. French. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's close it's, to France. It's, yeah, but it's not. It's in Italy. It was an Italian accent. Definitely too, wasn't Cornish. <laughs> so, yes, Marco Simone, the American team, screw you both, is now decided. Jack, Jack Zonson? 
Zach Johnson. Jack Johnson. Wow. Jack Johnson actually sounds, sounds pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So Jay-Z. Jay-Z. That's the Italian version of it. Jack Johnson. Well, that's French. French as well. <laughs> Jesus. Zach Johnson on? has finalised his team with his six picks. So we all know the six guys that qualified last week. And his six picks announced yesterday. He did it in quite a weird fashion, didn't he? Mr. Jordan Spieth. Horrendous. Mr. Brooks Kepka. Those two, plus Colin Morikawa, plus Sam Burns, plus Ricky Fowler, plus Justin Thomas. That's them all, isn't it? That's six. So let's start with the biggest talking point of the lot, Bryce. Justin Thomas is in. After a summer of speculation over his form, over his chances, Justin Thomas is going to Rome. Are you surprised? And would you have picked him? It's really difficult. I'm not surprised because we already knew he was in. Uh, Just to correct you, there's been no speculation over his form. Everyone knows his form and his form. I know what you're saying. His form has been pretty poor. Summer of discussion over his form. So there is that thing about... You pedant. There's so many things to to discuss about you know the fact that they are they're wild cards for a reason Mm -hmm. we talked about this a few weeks ago six picks is too many six picks does create a problem because you bring more problems onto the table you bring more options onto the table which makes your job harder if you only had two and it's that us team the job's pretty easy and there's going to be a few guys that are missing out but you can kind of if you get two picks in that us team you can kind of justify what you're doing Mm-hmm. Six, I think, makes it quite difficult, and I think his form has been pretty poor. We all know that. There's then the other discussion of somebody like Lucas Glover, who's playing great golf. It's the old form versus experience discussion, that's isn't it? it? That's it. Like, what would Lucas Glover do in a Ryder Cup? And that's it. If you were to say in March, who are you picking for Ryder Cup? It's not a debate. Mm-hmm. But now it kind of is a debate. And Lucas Glover, since July, three top tens, two wins, and missed one cut. (laughs) Justin Thomas has had no top tens. He's missed three cuts, and he's shot in the 80s twice in the major championships. Um, It's not great. But he is a player that turns up at the Ryder Cup. Mm -hmm. He enjoys it. He is not nervous. He bounces onto that first tee. Lucas Glover's never been there. I don't... I should know this, but he didn't play in any of the major championships this year, this year Lucas Glover, did he? He did not. Didn't no, play didn't. in any no. of them. So he's, I'm not saying he's not dined at the top table, he's been there before, mm-hmm. but that's a big, that's a big call. And to be fair, when you're a captain, you need to make big calls. He stood by it, but I have enjoyed the fury of some people <laughs> missing out. And I, I think, that I know we'll, we'll come on to another player who missed out in a minute because I think it's important we talk about him. But we are talking about JT. I cannot wait to see him walk onto that first tee because that's what, it, he he's also away from home. Mm-hmm. And if things go badly for him quickly, he's under big, big pressure. He could get benched. You know, that that's, that's a possibility if he just doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. But what an opportunity he's got to shove it down people's throats on the, on what is the third biggest sporting event in the world. When you turn up at that and you've got no form, nothing to speak of, if he turns up and plays the lights out and wins points for America, what a boy. Vindicated yeah. is Jack Zonson. Alex, what does 
Justin Thomas bring to the team? Because if he's not bringing form, he's been picked for a reason. So what is it? Well, I think everyone's talking about this boys club, aren't they? And I think that that's what... You know, Zach Johnson has repeated it over and over again this year, that the Ryder Cup, what they've been, what the Ryder Cup USA team have been doing is trying to build this task force who will actually create teams that can go and win the tournament, not necessarily 12 individuals who will go and play in the Ryder Cup. I mean, for me, just to add to what Bryce was saying there, Justin Thomas was 15th in qualifying, not 50th. That sort of seems to be the way that people are talking about him. He was above Lucas Glover in qualifying. And can can I also just add that people were... Like Tony Finau has been in the conversation for the last few weeks ago uh, as well. He was 21st below <laughs> yeah. Kurt Kitayama. He was below Russell Henley. He was below Will Zalatoris, who hasn't played for about four years. <laughs> J- JT, I, if you're asking me, if, would I have taken JT? Absolutely, 100% would have taken him. His his record in team events is tremendous. It's uh, I did write it down, sorry. 6.5 from 9 in Ryder Cup and 11 from 15 in Prez. I mean, you don't ignore that. I think it's actually Ricky Fowler who should be more thankful for a pick. His his Ryder Cup form is pretty bad. He's three seven five. Doesn't scream confidence for me. He had that wonderfully emotional win of the Rocket Mortgage, but without that, is he even close to the picture? I think that for me, the the outcry should have been more about him than it is JT. He JT brings a lot to that team room. Let's not forget the European team have had. Uh, woefully out of form Sergio Garcia mm-hmm. and a woefully form, out of form Lee Westwood go to the Ryder Cup and they've torn it up. I mean, this tournament is just different to these. There are just people who are built for this tournament. JT is one of them. Absolutely 100% should be going. I think there's also this expectation that because he's going, he has to play five times. Of course he doesn't. He could play once. He could play twice. You know, Absolutely. It's, if, as, as Bryce said, if his form's poor when he turns up, you don't have to play him. Would you have picked him? Would I have picked him? 100%. Yeah, because he just it's it's not a 72 hole stroke play event so why are we judging his results in 72 hole stroke yeah. play it's interesting yeah, for this Alex says there about the boys club that that's a proper that's a proper discussion because I noticed what uh, Keegan Bradley said he insinuated that that was going on in the background and Hank Haney used the words yeah, boys club yeah and I, and I I genuinely I, I'm, I'm pretty I'm not heartbroken because it's not in fact affecting me, but I do feel sorry for Keegan Bradley. Mm. He's he's had a bit of re- renaissance in his career. You know, he's won twice in this ca- well this season. You would yeah. say he was eleventh um, in the standings. Yeah, but I think he's been hurt by the fact, if I'm right, I think he's missed the last two cuts. Is that right in the major championships? I think he missed the cut of the at um, the U.S. Open in the Open, and has that harmed his chances? I don't know. He sort of insinuated that he's not in that little clique, if you want to call it that. Yeah. You know, the put it this way, when Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler were going to Baker's Bay on their holidays, well, Keegan Bradley wasn't with them. So it's it, he's, he's yeah. a bit of an outsider. And, and it almost speaks to that two-tier tour that we were yeah, talking but, about but, just a few months ago. But to be fair, that that is what t- it is a team. They're meant to be a team. You know, you bring in JT, you can play with Ricky. Yeah. There's two wild cards that can play together. And they, Spieth. They do holiday together. Their wives mm. go on wine tours together and all that stuff. Do they? they? I don't know, but I suspect they do. The Shoffley and the Cantleys do. Um, so they have to fit. They have to fit into that team element. But I do think Bradley... In the last two big events of the year, out with Tour Championship, has not delivered. If he had contended 
for the Claret Jug. I think the decision that Zach would have, would have much, much tougher. But from what we're led to believe that the decision was made quite a while ago, mm-hmm. if you if you believe some people, and I think that's pretty tough because he's had, you know, top 10 at your championship, yeah. Bradley. You know, that's... <laughs> that's it can get better than that. But that's pretty bloody good. You don't play crap golf and qualify for the tour. And a lot of people are forgetting Medina. You take away the psychotic man management of Davis Love III on Saturday (laughs) afternoon. Medina was a stroll in the park until he made a monumental gamble, partly caused by Mickelson deciding he wanted to put his feet up because he thought the job was done. But Bradley was utterly sensational at Medina. Mm-hmm. Since he was unplayable for a day and a half, you absolutely get mag- brilliant stuff, and the, the the crowd were loving it. You bring that, I could just imagine that guy is not oh. coming to Rome. That's a good thing for the European team, mm-hmm. but that's on the on the chances that JT doesn't turn up. Yeah, I think those chances are slim. I think we're going to see every part of yes. Justin Thomas's fibre and being on display. Yeah. Alex Brooks Kepka is probably the other contentious pick. Um, is he surprising? No, I don't not. know. But, no, not. <laughs> well, obviously, Ricky Fowler. I, you've got a real bee in your bonnet about poor Rick Star. Uh, no, no, sorry. What I mean is he's not he's not contentious at all because he's thoroughly earned that spot. I mean, this guy took... Oh, just look at the website now. He had, he, so he was on 9,400 points, 421 points, finished seventh in the standings. I mean, that's based on how many qualifying tournaments I think he played 10 in total when you add them all up I think it came to 10 so but compare that to Xander Schofle who just picked him in points who probably played at least twice as many of qualifying events as as Kepka if not three times as many I think in terms of I mean the the live argument is just well that's where the contentious part comes from isn't it that's the surprise element he won the PJ let's not forget that uh, back in the day one Spot in the US team was always held back for the PGA champion. Mm-hmm. It was always 11 plus the PGA champion. I'm talking about late 70s, early 80s here. So for the PGA champion to not go would have been incredibly embarrassing for the Ryder Cup team. It would have been incredibly embarrassing for the PGA of America. He obviously had to go, not to mention the fact that he's clearly earned it on points. Had he, I think it would only be a contentious issue if he had won the PGA and then finished in set, like where. Bishambo and DJ are sort of down in the 50s in terms of the standings I think then it becomes a contentious issue he's finished in 7th the player finishing in the first spot arguably the first two spots outside of qualifying always go go back through the years they always go it's as simple as that and the other live players have the same chance as Kepka they just didn't take them and I, 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 I love Bryson Bishambo I love Phil Mickelson I love Patrick Reed, all for very different reasons but you throw we're talking about team harmony there Bryce mentioned it as well you throw in any combination of those three into this team room and it immediately pollutes it. Why would you, Why would Zach Johnson want that? Why would he want that yeah. to happen to his team? And he's, he's got to think about that. He, he, he has to think about that. Like Patrick Reed is not a popular player. His peers do not go on with him. They all shake hands on the tee and whatever and go about their business when they do play together now in the majors. But we all know he's not a popular guy in the team room. So... For me, I honestly think if Patrick Reed had won the Masters and the US Open, I'm not even sure they would have picked him. He's that <laughs> much of a figure. DeChambeau is different. DeChambeau has paid, played some pretty sparkling golf. You know, he, the, what he did with the... the 58. That's just... Yeah. That, I mean, I know you can 
take all the context and throw out the window. Fight. But it's a 58. It's a 58. It's pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Also, what he did in the Ryder Cup last time with the mental drives yeah. and whipping up the crowd and he was pretty bloody good. It's box office, isn't it? Yeah, that, that is box office. And that's uh, in, um, in the type of golf course that they're going to be playing, what DeChambeau can do would be an asset. And I also think that DeChambeau has slightly toned down his... <laughs> Idiosyncrasies. Yeah. That's a <laughs> that's nice, the nice that's, word, isn't that's it? That's the nice way to His describe mental shit <laughs> is the other way of putting it. <laughs> but he has toned that down. And I do feel slightly sorry for him as well. There's a bit of a like, my God. Mm-hmm. And this is the thing, right? So go all the way back to the early conversations you had about Liv. The decision to join Liv results in situations like this. Mm-hmm. How does DeChambeau feel? about missing out in that Ryder Cup. Because right now, you would arguably say he's in pretty good form. Yep. He's in a good place. He's healthy. You know, he's, how do you say this? His PR company's not working as hard to repair any damage. He's fairly popular again. People are beginning to turn on that. And yet, he's got no part in this because of a decision he made. And I think he probably feels a bit more justifiably to a, a bit of heart than Patrick Reed would. I think it's also... Not something we should overlook is the fact that Brooks Kepka wasn't involved in antitrust lawsuit, essentially suing his fellow players, his yeah. his would-be teammates. Bryson was, I think Patrick Reed was. Kepka went to live and largely kept them. He just went there and did it. And he's not said too much about in the way of disparaging the PGA Tour or doing anything to stoke the flames. He's just made a career choice. Yeah. So he actually well, slots back in pretty easily. If you look at Kepka at the Masters, in his that unbelievable press conference beforehand, I mean, he said everything except I actually wish I hadn't gone to live. <laughs> he was asked about it. He, he, he essentially said, if I didn't think my career was over through injury, I wouldn't have gone to live. That is essentially what he told us. And I think, Bryson, I think Bryce is correct there. I think DeChambeau is probably, other than Kepka, I think DeChambeau is the other one. That, we kept hearing this uh, phrase, buyer's remorse about some players that have gone to live. I think DeChambeau's the other one. I think if DeChambeau could go back two years, I think he probably would have stayed on the PGA Tour. Byers and I wonder if that's what's going through his, his uh, mind now he's missed out on the Ryder Cup. Possibly. Bryce, I'm wondering, have you ever had buyer's remorse? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Should we leave it at that? Yeah, let's not go there. Just I've in made, case Mrs. Ritchie's made, tuning in. If Mrs. Ritchie's tuning in, which she won't be, I've, I've made very, a, a number of financial decisions in my life that I've regretted within days indeed you still got that limited edition black nintendo wii no (laughs) (laughs) we'll discuss that another time potentially that's another time anyhow look guys that didn't make it bryce you you touched on keegan bradley obviously what was his expression i'm super bummed super bummed not to make it super bummed is an interesting way to describe that Yes, he actually used the expression bummed in an interview with me a couple of years ago when he was talking about the, the morning after 2012. He was like, I was just so bummed out. So it's clearly in his vocabulary, but yes, Keegan Bradley's gutted. I think we would agree that he has a case to be gutted, as you articulated, Bryce. Cam Young, though, is the other big one, I guess, the contentious one that's missed out. I keep using the word contentious this episode, but listen, it's a good word. Cam Young, Bryce, he finished seventh in the standings, so... Ninth. Ninth, excuse me, well done, Token. He would have been in automatically had it been previous Ryder Cups where there had been three picks, for example. 
but he's not going. Are you surprised by that? And why is he not going? Why would you leave Cam Young at home? Because he's got other options. I think when you put him up against the guys that he picked, it's a pretty hard, hard decision. I do think he's a bit of a rookie in the big scene. Mm. In that sense, he's, I know he looks about Scotty Scheffler's 50-year-old, but he's actually yeah. pretty young. <laughs> so I think it's literally, I don't think he's been dumped. Somebody's been picked over him. I think that's a much easier way to, to look at it. And I think if you look at the guys, that, this is why I, I, I do worry for Luke Donald's side. You look at the guys that they have left out, some of them would walk onto that European side. And I, I don't just mean some of them, but quite a few of them would walk onto that side. They're, you put something up on Twitter last night. They're beat. Go and do me a favour. I'll get that right read, now. Read that B team out because they're, you think, take all those players out. You imagine the players that they've not got in that side. There's no Dustin Johnson. There's no Phil Mickelson. There's no Bryson DeChambeau and there's no uh, Patrick Reed, And they're still yep. incredibly strong right now. But read out the B team that they could have picked. Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Bryson, Cam Young, Keegan Bradley, Lucas Glover, Tony Finau, Taylor Gooch, Billy Horschel, Harris English, Sahith Tagala. I know he's injured, but Will Zalatoris. Still, it's still, it's very strong. And I, I, I'll, I'll say it this way. It's a wee bit maverick. It's a bit sort of... They're all individuals and they've never mm. they've never have gelled before. We've got absolutely no idea of pairings. That's literally classic <laughs> grassroots. Throw the balls up in the first team, see where they land. The current team, the team that has or is going to Rome, is not like that. Yeah, but they're still incredibly strong. Yeah, depth so, is the word. And I think I think Cameron Young is a he's a victim of that. Yeah, he is. Alex, anyone else that should be waking up this morning? feeling a bit sore Denny McCarthy for example no I think that well before I answer that I just I just want to add to what Bryce is saying there that there was of course with the Cam Young was the Fred Couples thing a month ago where he said that he was in the he was a lock for the team now if you're if you're one of the vice captains is saying you're a lock for the team and then a month later you're not in the team and then uh, Zach Johnson kind of dismissed it in a really strange way he was asked about it in the press conference and he just, I, I think he said something like, I think Fred said that in jest. What? Like, you don't, no, you don't say didn't. something like that in jest. That was just. <laughs> I, I, he, what he had, to play I, in I, someone pure Cam Young? Gotcha. I <laughs> I'm getting your next yeah. box for Christmas. <laughs> Can you imagine when he. <laughs> but you're not really. <laughs> Can you imagine his phone call? He was like, but Fred said that I was going to be. Oh, <laughs> classic Fred. <laughs> He's a bit of a rib tickler, our Fred, is he? That is, that is so Fred, isn't it? He's such a little scamp. I'm going to have words with him. I him. No, I think uh, uh, Denny McCarthy, no, again, uh, exactly the same reason that Cam Young's missed out. Denny, uh, I mean... Yeah, I was look, taking we, the we No one's taking Denny McCarthy. I know he finished no. 14th, but my God. No, yeah, we, 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 make this, we make this joke a lot, don't we? Like, Denny McCarthy could walk into bunkered office and we'd all be like, all right, mate, can we help you? Like, are we... It's <laughs> not the packages the, at the front door, the mate. UPS is on the other floor, mate. Exactly. It's... Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, no, there, there's too many options. I, I I was never really in the Lucas Glover camp other than, you know, being a European fan and thinking, well, he's going zero three zero. 3 Will Zalatoris has been injured. Otherwise, I think he would have been there. Tony Finau hasn't had a good enough season. So he's the is obviously miles out. Now we're getting to like 25. Taylor Moore, Tom Hoagie, 
Eric Cole, JT Poston, just players who are nowhere near it. I think I actually, the, the team that he's picked is probably the team. I think I would have swapped Burns out for Bradley, but I, Burns also, don't forget, has had three wins and has won the match play. Yes, so exactly. Winning the match play has always been a big indicator as to whether you're going to the Ryder Cup or not, um, which was why I was always backing him. So, I mean, but the he beat Cam Young in the final, picks. so it's not yeah. like Cam Young's going well, yeah. to play pedigree. I, I, I did a, a team. I think I picked Cam Young, and I thought he was going to pick Cam Young. You only, yeah. you, you picked oh, only one. Orange, there, was, there was, yeah, there was. Was that that what it was? I yeah, so. I picked. Uh, yeah, I hadn't selected Burns, but yeah, I, I, I am fascinated to see how that team gets on, and 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 I'm not just talking about on the golf course and everything else but how it actually gets on yeah because there's you know Fred Couples has already massively made a tit of it that, that's a bit of an embarrassment that will be brought up in the in the interviews in Rome that will be funny he has heavy driving this cart into a wall vibes yeah. about him doesn't he but we it's a wee bit like Faldo's son that's yes you know, what's yeah. what is going on here why is DJ Spoonie telling people he's one of Faldo's assistants <laughs> What? And then I now know why we're getting pumped here. So I can't believe we were comparing Fred Couples to DJ Spinney. That's where we're going in this part. <laughs> no one's ever done that. No yeah. one's ever done that. So, right, let's, before we move on, DJ Spinney, Fred Couples. Oh, jeez. Thoughts on the overall strength of the US team in one word. Alex, how would you describe them? One word? Yeah. Uh, strong? I don't know. Fucking hell. Like, <laughs> I've already said it. I, th- I think the, the US could take three teams and each of those teams would have a decent chance of of, win- of going home with the, the trophy. So strong. I, I mean, I didn't realise you were going to throw this out. No, I'm going I with didn't put in the notes. Rice, you've got time to think about it. I'm going with three-peat without the hyphen. Three-peat's now one word. Oh, is it? Yeah. But they haven't won two in a row. They have? No. They're going for oh, a third. No, they're not. Oh, shit. No, that's the Sawhim Cup. So, repeat is the word you're Repeat. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking of the Sawhim team. Yeah. Yeah. Repeat. Repeat. So, we've got strong and repeat. Brilliant. We're I'm on, glad, this, we're on the same, we're on the same on the vibe. Yes, indeed. And spare a thought for Derek Lamely, who, with a measly 16.247 points, finished last in the Ryder Cup standings for the USA in 185th position. One place below, Derek Ernst. Better luck next time, lads. Europe. So, crunch time. Final qualifying event this week in Cronsoussière. That's my kind of Swiss accent. Been there. Decent. Been there. Have you really? Yes, I have really. All right, come on then. That, that's that's news. I had to go up. What do you call one of those things? You get ski resorts where you go up really high. It's like a, it's not a not a gondola. It was a cable car thing stuck right. inside the mountain. I genuinely thought I could die here. Really, it's not not a nice experience. Mm. Amazing golf course. Amazing golf course. Good views. They always talk about it. Oh, look at the oh, view. Look at the views. That uh, is an incredible golf course. Really? Yeah. Wonderful vistas. You know, oh, I like to know there was a lot of strategically placed bunkers. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a solid test from the first tee to the 18th green. <laughs> anyway, the, the Omega European Masters it is the final event for automatic qualifying. Let's touch quickly on this because a lot's going to change in the next couple of days. Bob Mack is in as it stands on the European side just. Bryce, do you see him hanging on to that spot? Well, there's not much to say he's not going to hang on to it. He's playing pretty good golf. 
you would have to say. Uh, I would love to see him hang on to it for purely selfish reasons that he's one of us, not Alex, but he's one of us. I do think he'll be quite exciting in the in the Ryder Cup. Bob's got a bit of personality. Talking to my dad about Bob over the weekend, but my dad says, you notice that he stopped swearing on television? I can't say I've noticed that yeah, at and all. I said, I've not noticed that either. <laughs> he said, I think that's because he knows that Luke Donald's watching, so he stopped swearing. I don't <laughs> think like, Luke Donald's not going to pick yeah, him because he stopped dropping the F-bomb. Yeah, yeah, so but I've not noticed that, I have to say. But I, I think Bob will, will slot right into Ryder Cup. Um, he will love world. I don't. I, I think that's right up his alley. It's competitive. He's He's got a bit of juice about him. Mm-hmm. I think he's quite an, that exciting kind of player. And I think because of what he did at the weekend in front of the captain, mm-hmm. I think he's pretty put a pretty good show account of himself in there. So, yeah, I, I think he's going. Yeah, I think so too. Alex, any last-minute surprises that you're anticipating, that you're maybe fearing? Not fear. I, I, to be honest with you, I think that my only fear is that McIntyre drops out of that qualifying spot because I don't... Ne- I'm, I'm worried about him as a pick. Um, and I, 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 I'm the same as you. I want him to be there. He is one of me. I'm, I am from a Celtic part of the world and he is a Celt. So. A, a Celtic. Maybe what, we can. What? what, what? Well, Corn, Cornwall's got. Cornwall's dripping in Celtic. Nah, history. tenuous. Nah, not having that. It's practically France. You guys need a fucking history lesson on your country. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's my head in. On our country, it's mine. I own it. As in, as in, it's the United country. Kingdom. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, now nah, you're fine. Don't worry um, about that. No, I, I'm, I'm fully expecting. So, McRoy, Ram, Hovland, and Hatton are already qualified. That's right, isn't it? And then mm-hmm. the currently occupying the qualifying spots are Fleetwood and McIntyre. I'm sort of hoping that those two go in. And then I think, are we saying Fitzpatrick, Rose and Lowry? Of the six picks, those three are locks, aren't they, really? That's the thing. I think Lowry and, and, what did you say there, Lowry, Fitz and Rose? Yeah. I think the one that's not quite locked is Rose. However, I would pick Justin Rose. He's another one that's come back into form this year. He's played some good golf. Also, he, he's got, yep, yeah, he's got good, um, uh, history in the Ryder Cup and he brings experience to that side he brings a I've been here before and I've done it and I think he's I think any player in that team would want to be partnered with him 100% I, I, I do think but I can see that I know you were saying it's, they're not I wouldn't say he's a lock but I'm I don't see him not being picked put it this way so he probably is a lock so, I think he is a lock. I, I think he's a lock simply for all, a for all the reasons that you've already laid out, and b because he's he's really good friends with Luke Donald for starters. He's really good for the team room. He is. I mean, you look through that team. He is. He's a calm head that that team needs. Among you know, Hovland's brilliant fun. Ram is sporadic at best when it comes to his temperament. Hatton as well. I think Rose is that kind of leveler for me. Um, I, I, I don't think there's going to be any surprises. I think, I, for me, Fitzpatrick, Rose, and Lowry are locks. Whether you agree, whether people agree with that or not, and then I think it's three from Stracker, Yannick, Paul, Moronk, Perez, and Hoygaard. And, and I missed out one name there. I need you're missing like. a name. You're missing a name. But I, I, I kind of agree. I, I, the reason I think Justin Rose is a lock is because if he wasn't in the team and if Donald wasn't planning to pick him, he would have had him as a vice captain. There's no way yeah. that. 
Luke Donald isn't bringing Justin Rose to the Ryder Cup in some so capacity. So you, you're going on about this. He's missing a name. Go on, spit it out. Ludwig Erberg. So why, why? What makes you think that that is that his name is on the table alongside guys like Yannick Paul, Moronk, Perez, Straka? What makes you think that he'll pick him over them? So. I think right now it's probably 80%, 70 to 80% likely that he will pick him, but there's clearly a bit of indecision. I think Aberg, Oberg, sorry, sorry Alex Norrin, he gave me a great lesson and I've completely forgotten how to do it, but Oberg (laughs) has, okay, there's not a huge body of evidence, he's only been pro for a relatively short time, but when he has played this year, he's played in big events, Bay Hill and the like, and he's shown up really well. The only one where he hasn't shown up well has been the Scottish Open, and that's the only one where he missed the cut. I think there's a lot of... He, so there's no fear for him because he's playing against most of those American players week in, week out, and has been for months. I also think that when he played last week with, correct me if I'm wrong, it was Francesco Molinari, one of the vice-captains, and this week in Switzerland he's got two others and Cole Sartz and Eduardo Molinari for company. So they are looking at him, and they're looking at him closely. Very good point. So I mm-hmm. I suspect that he's leaning more towards picking Oberg than not. I completely get all the counter-arguments, by the way. And I know you've got... I'm, I'm trying to glance at your notes. No, I know I'm, you've I'm, got I'm, not, I'm not arguing at all. <laughs> I, I, I think it'll be cracking if he picks him, yeah. because it's a massive story. That guy has come from nowhere. I know you'll have all the... At times, they can be quite strange. The amateur golf fans there can be quite weird. And I think some of them have gone a bit, oh, my God, this guy's incredible. You know, there were guys, as I was talking about the last time, you know, they were comparing his strokes gain stats to players on the PG Tour, whilst I should have explained at that time on that pod that they were talking about him as an amateur, mm. the stroke game stats. So you can't, I, I, that's not a comparable it's apples world. and oranges, yeah. isn't it? But whenever it's he Abers has... and Obergs. Yeah, okay. <laughs> whenever he has, whenever he has played, and you're perfectly right, Michael, whenever he has played in those events, he's equipped himself very well. It's looked like he's been a pro for a long time. There is a huge difference from playing well at Bay Hill in one of your first events as a pro to stepping on the first tee at a Ryder Cup against Spieth and Thomas, frankly. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a big shift. And I think Donald will, it's the one pick that Donald will have to justify, like not picking a Hoygaard who's a winner, you know, and has played on the European Tour, supported that world. You know, it's not, not picking Perez, not picking Moronk, who's had a pretty good year as well. I think that is that is your word contentious. Mm-hmm. He that's a massive decision. The problem is, would you pick him? Would I? Yeah. Uh, I'm smothering so heavily, which I think is credit to him. That shows just what an impact he's made in the short time he's been around. But if it's him over let's say Yannick Paul, yes. The reason being, Yannick Paul started the season strongly, got into the automatics and has fallen out. That's exactly, and Luke Donald told us That's exactly why you have wild cards. Exactly, that's why Luke Donald told us in the the latest edition of the mag, which goes on sale... Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. A week today. So massive Team Europe edition. Yeah, but in that edition, Luke Donald told us, well, that's why I've given myself six picks this time around because some guys start the season well and drift out of form and I'm stuck with them. I'm paraphrasing, but he's basically saying, I'm stuck with him. So if the decision is between Oberg and Yannick Paul, it's Oberg all day long. If the decision is between Oberg and Sepp Straka, 
little bit more difficult. If the decisions between Oberg and Hoygaard harder still, if it's been Oberg and Bob Mack, it's Bob Mack. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's a lot of dominoes that could fall over yeah. the coming days, but they are clearly sussing out Oberg in a big, big way. Otherwise, why are three vice captains playing with them? The, yeah. the draws. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think Luke Donald has. It, I think it's a win-win situation for Luke Donald. I think he, if he takes Oberg, everyone goes brilliant. You know, a generational talent is coming through playing Ryder Cup. It's really exciting, as as Bryce said. It's huge news. And if he doesn't take him, everyone goes, yeah, fair enough. He was 58th in the rankings, right below Marcel Schneider and Julien Brun. So that's all fair enough, isn't it? Uh, I, I think really what you're saying there about Yannick Paul being just outside the qualifying places, I think, again, this just speaks to how skewed the qualifying places are for, for the bigger players. I mean, McElroy and Rahm, absolutely romped home in the in the European I mean I, I, I don't like this world points to this European points list but I, I sort of understand it but if you take McElroy and Rahm out of that equation the top three is McIntyre Paul Moronk and mm-hmm. Victor Perez is very close behind them I mean these are four players who have had really good seasons on the European tour that's what they want Again, the reason why I say I've never really perhaps agreed with it is because I just want the 12 best European players playing against the 12 best American players I could not give a shit what tour you play on I just want the 12 best European tour players or yeah, no, the best European players. Yeah, and, and Oberg, you have to say, over the last few months, Oberg has been one of the best. There's a reason, as you said, why they're sussing him out this week. And I really hope he plays well this week. And I hope they go back to Donald and say, let's get this guy on the team because he's fearless. Yeah, and I, I love that. I, I hope he plays well because it does create a bit of excitement. It certainly does. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be a cracking story. Like, because... For a lot of people watching him at the Ryder Cup will be the first time they've ever seen him. Correct. Correct. Will be very interesting. We'll be talking about that a little bit more next week, I should imagine. should also say the Solheim Cup team, the US team, is now set. Rose Zhang is in. She qualified off her own steam via the world rankings. Hugely impressive. Shades of Oberg in terms of how long they've been pro, albeit as Bryce pointed out last week, Rose has won on the LPGA. So we'll talk more about the Solheim next week because we want to really get into the nitty gritty of that. But we've got to throw it to the break now. And listen, whatever you do, don't go anywhere. I say it every week, but this week I mean it because there is a very big special announcement coming up right after this. All golfers can agree, hitting it far feels great. But does it feel great? A first in forging has created irons that have never felt better. Paradigm was precisely constructed with the first ever AI-designed forged 455 face cup and an all-new speed frame to enhance speed and feel, earning 15 out of 15 stars from the Golf Digest hot list. This is the new Paradigm in Performance from Callaway. Welcome back. Part two of this week's Bunkered podcast in association with Callaway, Michael, Bryce and Alex here with you. Right then, something very important to announce. Drum roll, please. Actually, don't do a drum roll. That's a pain in the ass to edit. Just get excited, get hyped, because this is an announcement about the Bunkered podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are going live. We are going to do our first ever live show. That means you, right now, you listening, you can come along and watch us do this. Very exciting. 
cannot wait for it. So we're doing this, the Bunker Podcast Live, presented by Eden Mill, the spirit of St. Andrews, creators of craft gins and premium scotch whiskies inspired by St. Andrews and its surrounding area, taking place on October the 5th at Drygate in Glasgow. It's all ticketed, it's £10 a pop to come along, plus that. Need to throw that in there to keep the legal team happy. <laughs> but me, Bryce, and Alex will be on a stage at Drygate, October the fifth. That's a Thursday night. Doors at six thirty, I think. Show at seven thirty, and we will be performing, I guess, for all of you. So we'd love for you to come along. It's the first time we've done it. We're very excited. This Bryce has been months. In the planning, hasn't yes, it? Uh, we've been asked to do this by quite a few people via DMs. Or why don't you do this? Why don't you try it? And uh, we've decided, yeah, all right, <laughs> okay then. So, quite exciting. I'm already wondering what I'm going to wear and uh, what the hell we're going to talk about. <laughs> I mean, that's the devil in the detail. That's I've got it. a couple of weeks yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. But you do not have time to waste. You cannot spend any time thinking, oh, I might go to I'll see what's on that night. No, trust me, tickets are seriously limited for this and we are anticipating that it's going to sell out because we have a high opinion of ourselves like that. So make sure you go to bunkered.co.uk forward slash podcast live and you can buy your tickets right there. I don't anticipate there's going to be any walk-ups, so I don't think you'll be able to get them on the door. As I say, numbers are strictly strictly limited but it is going to be a really fun night we'd love you to be there it's the first time we're doing it so expect some fuck-ups along the way as well but it's going to be cracking alex you're you're even coming north for it back to your celtic homeland or whatnot <laughs> i am schlepping north for uh, over the wall climbing over the wall to get there for this i think the only thing i would add is that it could be really shit. We don't know. But first time we've done it. <laughs> and so, that, that is how you do promo for an event. No and refunds. That, no refunds. Time. Yeah. Brilliant. And you've only spent, what, 12 quid? So, exactly. And, you, and you've, you've, had a, you've had a couple of drinks. You may even get a couple of little gifts or prizes. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. With, TBC. Yeah. And you've had a good night. But, you know, the, the actual thing on stage with us three... God, I could go either way, couldn't it, really? Yeah, yeah, it could go either way. I love that. Look, you have a few drinks, have a bit of a laugh, come meet us, talk to us after the show. We're going to do some giveaways. We think there'll be a competition on the night, mm -hmm. a night with Michael in a, in a hotel somewhere. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how to make people not want to come along. Yeah. But listen, you're hearing about this on the podcast. If you are a loyal listener and you're tuning in, it's Wednesday the 30th of August. You're getting first dibs. We're not telling anybody else about this for 48 hours after the podcast gets launched. So you have first dibs. So go to the website, bunker.co.uk forward slash podcast live and take advantage of the head start you're getting. Cannot wait for this, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. Right. PGA Tour is over. Alex, you, you, you wanted to talk about this. So frankly, it's all on you if this bit's shit. But the PGA Tour season <laughs> ended last week at the Tour Championship. I'm not going to lie, I watched very little of it. And the reason I watched very little of it, well, I couldn't see much of Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night. They don't play on Tuesday. I couldn't see much on Sunday night because I was driving back from Aberdeen. I'd been up there for the final round of the, the Legends Tour event, the, the PGA Seniors Championship. And I was 10 minutes from home when my car broke down. My clutch is gone. And 
it's oh, going to cost God. me an absolute fortune to fix. So by the time I got home, I was not in a good mood. I was not in a good place and I just didn't want to watch any golf. So Tour Championship, I missed quite a bit of the final round. That being said, even if I'd been around, it just doesn't do it for me. It's not an event that I can get hyped for. I think it's lame and I might be in the it's minority la- It's here. lame. For a number of reasons. Do you want me to spell them out? Go for it. Far too much money going away for effectively four rounds of golf. Small field and an absolutely ridiculous contrived format. So yeah, lame is the word. Bryce, do you agree? You're sort of squinting a little bit. I can't tell if you're in the same wavelength or not. Is the Tour Championship lame? Certainly not as good as it used to be. The Tour Championship was a big deal. It's a, it's a They're bit trying s- to make it a big deal. It's a bit silly. It isn't, I'll be honest, it's not a big deal. It's not what it used to be. You've said this for a long time. I, I think I ranted about this this time last year. It's not what it should be. It's not their closing big season event. It's a way to fix a system that gives them the player they want to win their big sponsors trophy, blah, blah. Look who's won the, the Tour Championship. Look who's won the FedEx Cup. It's a mess. Yeah, it is. A mess. Mess is the word. Yeah, and the players don't like it. So I suspect that may change next year. Do you think so? Uh, it does. What they're talking about now is player power on the PGA Tour. Players have a say in how things are done. They don't like it. So how much power do they have on it? You know, Woods was meant to be unhappy. Now Woods is on that, that board. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a say. They don't like it. I'm sure at some point someone in a very expensive, slick Italian suit that's fitted will tell them you need to keep the sponsor happy. That's why we do this. That sounds like Jay. That <laughs> sounds like Monaghan. But, <laughs> it's, it, look, it's a bit stupid. Mm-hmm. Xander Schofley must be fuming. I, I couldn't be bothered, actually couldn't even be bothered to work out. But I think he has either won the Tour Championship, something like two or three times yeah. in the last four years and walked away with nothing. He's, the, he's not, had the best score yeah, over the four rounds the guy, and not won it. It's also, it's, the, it, it, it's quite an easy course. You know, it, it's not exactly a, a tough stretch and it's meant to be their big season-ending championships. Classic PG Tour, make the, the venues at the beginning of the year an absolute piece of piss, pitch and putt stuff. Make the big ones that are worth 18 million at the end of the year also easy as pie and then the rest of them in the middle just mix it up it's a bit i'm not saying i want to see hard golf but the tour do not want to see players struggle but that's the tour championship you know it should be a test and it's not all feels a bit frivolous and okay so you've worked hard all year here's here's a four-day stroll to make a bunch of birdies and get really really paid it doesn't feel epic it doesn't feel like a finale or anything like that it's just to use the word earlier a bit lame alex i completely agree with you michael i I, it's it's everything i dislike about professional golf i was the same as you i wasn't driving home from aberdeen and my car clutch is (laughs) as far as i know intact all right but i still didn't I, i tuned in but not as much as I normally would on a Sunday night, I, I, I was sort of flicking channels between that and other things. And it's every single stick that we beat Live Golf for, you can use that same stick for the Tour Championship. It's, you know, you've already said it, it's a silly format, a limited field. It's just a shitload of money for, for carding a few birdies. Now, 
Uh, you're they right, actually. It. it is a live golf event, effectively. Well, yeah, exactly. And they and the PGA Tour argue it's to settle the season long standing, but it's not, is it? I mean, are you telling me where did uh, I'm got it up here? But where did um, to answer your question, Scheffler led the standings. John Rahm, well, or John, I, I John Rahm as an example. John Rahm finished 18 below Ricky. Fowler. Are you telling me John Rahm was the 18th best player on no, the, not a chance the season, alongside alongside Lucas Glover, who also finished 18. It's a silly format. It's too much money for one tournament. I know I said on the pod a couple of weeks ago that the players actually don't get paid enough when you compare them to other sports. But just, I, I don't know the answer. Maybe the answer is to spread it out over the season. Potentially. 80, 18 million for winning one for, for a birdie fest. is, And, and Bryce is absolutely bang on about that on the show play there. I mean, I'm sure the amount of money he's won in that time will soften the blow somewhat, but this guy is absolutely mustered round East Lake and has, and has walked away with absolutely nothing other than a swelled bank, swelled, swollen bank account. Bryce, your eyes lit up the other day when you saw the amount of prize money on offer. You 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 bristled somewhat at eighteen million thoughts. It's it's utterly insane. Think about it. Think about that. Eighteen million dollars. For four rounds. For four rounds of golf. $18 million. I actually don't know why, right? And this is the thing, we've become so accustomed to this money. I remember the stories when they announced that FedEx was $10 million and mm-hmm. people were disgusted at that. You know, this is an outrageous amount of money. And some players were actually complaining to the tour at the time that the FedEx money was not going to be given there and then in cash. It was going to be drip-fed through the next, like, 10, 15 years of their career. Like, every year they'd get $1.2 million mm. And they would generate interest and so on and so forth, and it would be the, 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 the price. Happy retirement, Tiger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, £18 million, pounds, it's, it's madness. And, and that should be on the front page of every newspaper uh, around the world and all the websites that this is a colossal amount of money. Colossal amount of money. And it, it's this isn't over a, a season. This is the right now. It's over a weekend he won mm. that. Yeah, that's it. For the season, Victor Hovland made 32, nearly $33 million just from playing Thir- on the PGA Tour alone. He's a, he's a young boy. $32 million. I mean... Think of I the think players should, you could sign for Celtic with that money. Oh my God. The, <laughs> but the problem is Lowell would pocket that money. <laughs> Our board would be disgustingly rich in skin-tight Italian suits. You've got to think about skin-tight And we'd tight still Italian be suits. playing Anthony Ralston and James Forrest. <laughs> so these are the issues that we face as a club. But it's an outrageous amount of money. When you, I th- actually think right now we should have a 10-second silence on the podcast to just think about winning $32 million at golf. And let's take that 10 seconds now. <laughs> Time up. <laughs> that's, that's good audio. But I, I hear you. I hear you. I, I And I totally agree. It's obscene. Also, to the earlier point, was it you, Bryce, or Alex, that made it about Eastlake? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about your big season finale. They're ripping that, it up. Th- are they? They're ripping up the golf course. Every green's Good. coming up. They're ripping it up. It just doesn't have... Bobby Jones when I'll be happy. <laughs> I just don't think of <laughs> Eastlake as a place that I want to play. Do you know what I mean? And for a big event like that, like it should be, I should want to play there. You know, it's, it's not. it doesn't grab me by the nuts. It's a typical 
super exclusive private country club on which America's golfing foundations were built. Yes, that's a very nailed well, it. Yeah, nailed. So the season as a whole, Alex, who do you think, if it's not Victor Hovland, who's obviously run away with the, the loot, who's had the best PGA Tour season? Well, everyone's been talking about Scotty Scheffler's ludicrous season where I think he finished outside the top 12 once or twice and, then, mm. and those were in the in the couple of recent tournaments. But for me, it's John Rahm, Masters champion, three other wins. And I haven't looked up how much money he won, but it's a lud- I think it's over 40 million, an absolutely ludicrous amount of money. And I'm absolutely buzzing to hear how anyone could argue against that because I, I think if you ask any other player on the PGA Tour to trade seasons, uh, trade yeah, trade yeah. their seasons with one player, they would all say John Rahm. Players are not daft. Players know what they're playing against. They, they, they know game. It's the quality of his golf. Considering we know the the frailties he's got in his putting game, the quality of his golf is unbelievable. You know, look at the CJ Cup in South Carolina, tied forty fifth, then he's tied third, tied ninth, second, tied seventh, tied eleventh, win, tied twelfth, tied fourth, win, fourth, tied tenth, eleventh, fifth, second, third, <laughs> third, fourth, third, twenty third, thirty first, second, sixth. His worst performance all season is a tie for 31st at the St. Jude, which he probably still won nine billion yeah, for. Exactly. The guy <laughs> timeshare on Jupiter. That is a guy that's a guy who's not got a very good putting game. Now he can putt clearly, but he's not a good putter. He's he's not got huge issues. He's not got a how do I say this in a nice way? He's not got, for me, Adam Scott, Billy Horschel problems where he mm-hmm. has to make a change in order to... He has to make a significant change in order to get what he wants, like what Michelle Wee was doing. He's got a bit of an issue where he doesn't hole enough from 10 feet, whatever. Sorry, are you talking about Scheffler or Ram? Scheffler. Yeah, Alex has just stated the case for Ram. All right, sorry, I thought he was talking about Scheffler. But that's quite interesting, though, because... Alex is saying, I'd love to hear how anyone could argue and against I just John have. Ram, and you yeah. just have. No, I, I'm That's not, pretty impressive. I, I've, I've said, I, I'm sorry, I, I, I was uh, in Scheffler world there. Full Ram, on Scheffler mode. Ram, for me, hasn't had the season that I think he should have had. I think he went reasonably quiet mm-hmm. after the Masters. If you look at what Scheffler's done, there isn't a player on tour that wouldn't want that. That is with a putter that doesn't fire. Alex, come back on that. John Ram went quiet after the Masters, but you're still picking him as the man of the year. Yeah, I think that players are judged ultimately by winning the biggest tournament. Now, Scheffler won the players, fair enough. He did win the players, didn't he? I was yeah. There. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Scheffler, Scheffler, it was so long ago. Um, Scheffler won the players, sure. But, I, I mean, I've just proved there. Who wins? Who, who remembers the players' championship winners? Come on. <laughs> I think if I think if you would ask at the start of the year, if you had laid out John Rahm's season he was about to have, and you had laid out Scheffler's season that he was about to have, I think Scheffler looks at the green jacket immediately and just goes, "Yep, that please." And yeah. I, I realise I'm basing an entire season on one tournament, but but that, that's, that's, that's how, but that's how fine. we do it. You know, that's fine. It is, yeah. Also um, worth remembering that John Rahm finished tied second at the Open. Yeah. So he's got that yeah. going from as well. Yeah. But I, I do hear you. Like you look at Scheffler's, not even just his results, his his stats, his performance. Imagine his putting had just been ten percent better. Yeah. I, 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 oh, yeah. I do think it's. I mean, this is the thing. This is a really weird season. We said this a few weeks ago. I think this is an odd season because we're. I'm getting lost over him talking about Ram, and I'm thinking in my head, 
They're Sheff- interchangeable. Scheffler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's clearly Scheffler. Uh, he's saying Ram. He's putting up a pretty good argument for Ram. We're not even talking about Hovland. He's the guy walking <laughs> away at the end of the season with a lot of money, FedEx Cup, Tour Championship. And then you could turn around and say, well, Hovland, I actually still think Hovland should have won the PGA. 100%, yeah. He made a complete hash of it. He made a really bad mistake at a really bad time. And that's a lesson. But that was a huge mistake. Huge. Huge mistake. And he was on the, he was in a really good place to win that if that hadn't happened. If he wins the PGA, you would probably say it's Hovland's year because, you know, it's a major championship. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But he didn't, so it's not. Yeah, but he didn't, so it's not. You know, Ram, I do think, was slightly quiet considering what he did at the Masters. When he won the Masters, everyone thought, oh my God, this is the start. But remember, when Scheffler won the Masters, he went quiet. He didn't Mm -hmm. really... Still was was great, but he didn't do a lot, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And it's just... Think about what the players have to put in. Like, they all want to win that tournament. Like, we've seen it with McIlroy over the years. You look at the... Not only the physical toll it takes on you, but the emotional toll as well. I think I would, if I was PGA Tour player and I won the Masters, I think I'd just go and sit in a cold room for the rest of the year. I wouldn't even play again. I don't know how these. John Rom played the week after. He literally went straight to the, I know, to the that, next tournament. I, I, that, that was bizarre, wasn't it? And then went to Mexico and yeah. finished second, I yeah. think it was. So, yeah. Uh, look, there's there's great cases to be made for both guys, and I guess it comes down to me to have the, the deciding vote. So I'm going to do what they did at the World Athletics Championship last week in, I want to say, the high jump that might be in the pole vault. And frankly, for all I remember, it was a javelin. They shared gold. <laughs> they just said, rather than, oh, it was, it was a jump off they were going to have for high jump. They just went, yeah, nah, screw this. Like the President's Cup between like Gar- was it Cup. Gary yes. Player and Jack Nicholas, <laughs> and it was getting a bit dark and they had elves and woods. And then they just said, you know what? Should we just call it a draw? Think of it like an ashes test, Bryce, where you play for days and days and days. You stop for tea. You, 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 you trade insults which is really you're rubbish and you're like I'm not and it's just mega mega lame but it's better than that and at the end of it it's a draw that's the PGA Tour season here in terms of Sheffler and Ram so it's a tie bet you're glad you listened to the last 10 minutes the (laughs) most bizarre moment of the year I am going to jump in on and it's also the funniest it's also the most random let's go back to the Canadian Open where was it Nick Taylor that won it it was a Canadian that won it. Anyway, it was Nick Taylor, wasn't it? And they're all celebrating first Canadian winner on home soil for years and years and maybe ever. Who knows? The Canadians do. I don't because I'm not Canadian. And as all the other Canadian players are rushing onto the green, security guard locks eyes on Adam Hadwin, clearly doesn't recognise him and tackles him like it's Brian O'Driscoll taking on Jonah Lomu back uh-huh. in the day and puts him on his arse. Uh-huh. That was amazing. Amazing. That was hilarious. I don't think I don't think that'll be beaten. (laughs) It's just I'd love to have known the aftermath of that. What what does he say to him when he's on the ground? He's like, mate, I've got a card. I'm I'm a player. Yeah. It's just (laughs) fantastic. Sorry about that. I think if I'm if I'm picking an on course moment, I mean that I I had that one noted down as well as my the silliest moment of the year. But if I'm picking something on course that genuinely made me laugh out loud. It was Victor Hovland bowling down the fairway while Patrick Cantley was still weighing up his shot way behind him. Just, oh, there was the just something about there's I think it's 
it's the dynamic of those two, our feelings towards Victor Hovland and how much we love him, our feelings towards Patrick Cantlay and how frustrating he is to watch. So you sort of marry that with the fact that his don't-give-a-shit attitude of just bowling on down the fairway. I, honestly, Although I was, the, I was holding my stomach. There was a few occasions, I, I can't remember the players who it were, but they were watching Cantley hit shots and almost rolling their eyes at mm-hmm. times watching Cantley on the tee. Yeah. That is painful. That's the thing. Like I, I can look back at the Hovland case now and and certainly smile, if not laugh. But trust me, at the time, when you've got a tea time the following morning, that was not funny in the slightest. <laughs> and he, honestly, I, I know we've, or rather I've slated Patrick Cantley plenty this year, but I stand by it because I can justify it. He's too slow and he knows it and he's making absolutely no attempt to speed up because no one is doing anything about it. It is absolute it just grinds my gears and it needs to be fixed. And probably uh, in, a, in a more general sense, sort of one of the best things of this year has been the return of Ricky Fowler. As it on. pains me to yep. say it because you were saying he was going to make a comeback soon, but I do think Ricky's good for golf. I think he's good for entertainment. I thought at times this year his swing looked phenomenal. Mm. He, he just looks as though he's in a really good place. And uh, I thought that comeback story was great. Alex, agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I I know you think I was throwing shade at Ricky earlier about the Ryder Cup, but I, all I'm really saying there is I think he should be really thankful that he's made the team and he's very lucky to make the team. That yeah. that win at the Rocket Mortgage Classic was, I mean, it's one of a, a, only a handful of times this season where I've genuinely been on my feet in my front room, like absolutely pumped for a victory. Incredibly popular player. Bryce is right. He is brilliant for golf. He's incredibly popular. He's incredibly likeable. And I'm genuinely a huge Ricky Fowler fan, as you are, and really happy to see him back. Again, though, perhaps didn't push on quite as I thought he might after that win. Mm -hmm. But I think if you had said to him, given the form that he was in, and again, I'm working on hypotheticals, but I think if you had said to him at the start of the year, this is going to be your season, you're going to get back in the PGA Tour winner's circle, you're going to have a decent season, you're going to get in the Ryder Cup team, you just snapped your hand off for that. Yeah. Decent backpedal there, by the way. That was quite impressive. Yeah. Really? Well, I don't, I don't, love, yeah, I just want to make it clear that I am a Ricky Fowler fan. I just don't think he's earned the spot on the Ryder Cup team. For the avoidance of doubt, ladies and gents, Alex is a Ricky Fowler yeah, I'm fan. I'm sure he's fucking glad you're one of his fans. <laughs> I will be wearing a Ricky. Bryce was saying there he doesn't know what he's going to wear at the podcast live. I am wearing Ricky Fowler's face on a t shirt. <laughs> But at least you'll be wearing something, unlike just now, potentially. (laughs) Look, we can talk about the PGA Tour all day, all night, but let's not, because we need to go to the podder of merit. Well, Bryce, well, well, well. (laughs) There's there's a bit of scandal here, a little bit of uh, shenanigans, shall we say. Steve the Ref, God bless you, Steve the Ref. Got in touch over the over the last couple of days to point out a, a slight mistake, shall we say, on, on Potter of Merit. As an administration error. An, an administration error, that's it, that's it. So, Steve got in touch to say this. Gents, in fact, should I put on Steve the ref voice? Uh, gents, so a bit late today, raise this. Is I he Scottish? Don't know. No, he's no let's, I'll just read no, it. He's not Scottish. I've just had this vision of him being like a big, like, sort of Les Mottram style referee, a classic old Scottish football ref. Never Remember heard. Les Mottram? No. You wouldn't have messed with him. Gents, bit late to raise this, but it needs to be said. Bryce picked Morikawa at BMW, not Homa. Therefore, it's not 3 0. It's 2-1. 
Cantley finished 15th, Morikawa 25th. He then included hashtag Steve the ref, which is a wee bit lame, not going to lie. That's a bit jumped up, Steve. Yep, yep, just... Come on, Steve. Giving, giving yourself a hashtag. This, this guy's showing up at Bunker Podcast Live going, so where do you want me to sit? Just uh, up on the stage with you guys. <laughs> but he we makes... want this guy 12 quid. Let's, let's be nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's quite right. I've gone back and I've listened to the evidence. He's 100% correct. It's not 3-0. It is, in fact, 2-1. And so it shouldn't have been your honour last week. But it was, and that's fine. You know, I've got thick skin. I'll take it. You picked Rory at the Tour Championship. He was fourth. I picked Scheffler. He finished in a tie for sixth. So the real standings are Bryce three, Michael one. Now, we've got a complicating factor here because it's just typical English coming up here and ripping up the things in the way we've been doing it for years. <laughs> How do we fit Alex in to Potter of Merit? We haven't even discussed it. We don't have a clue. So, whilst we're trying to figure that out, why don't we all just pick a player this week and see how we get on? <laughs> and if Alex wins this, we look like a pair of fannies. Correct. So it could become... <laughs> I suppose it could become a three-way uh, competition. No, it could become a, a three-pronged competition. A triangular, as it were. So, Alex, you're being brought into the fold to pick somebody for the European Masters. And in the interest of getting us back on track and all that sort of stuff, I'm going to give you the honour. Because, Bryce, you shouldn't have had it last week. So you really shouldn't have it this week. Oh, but then right. again, I shouldn't have it either. So I'm just going to go right down the middle, neutral. Alex, who are you picking for the European Masters? Goodness me. I mean, you've really thrown me under the bus here. Um <laughs> I had written on my notes about when we were talking about players who had finished, and I was sort of saying it in a jokey way about players who had finished above Oberg in the standings. And I actually said, I, I wrote down, he's not even the top ranked Swede. You've got Noren Bjork, Soderbjerg, Jen Gantorp, and Simon Fjordstrom above him. And that was going to be a hilarious joke. We were all going to laugh. But now you ruined it. So <laughs> I'm going to take, I'm actually going to save I'm something for Drygate, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to take one of those Swedes and my namesake Bjork and I'm going to have him but do I have to give a reason can I do I just pick a player or do I have to well, it's never stopped Bryce, I've never been involved so. in this so I mean you're going to get it wrong anyway so the abuse I'm getting in this episode is outrageous by the way I feel no I feel more confident I've got strength in numbers with uh, with Alex Cool. It's, it's given me some resolve. It's fine. You're taking it well, I have to I say. I always do. So, Alexander Bjork, you, you don't have a reason, you just want to pick him. Is that, have I gathered that correctly? Well, he's, he's had a good season, hasn't he? A few top tens. That's as far as I've got in quickly Googling his name and looking at his profile. <laughs> Lump on straight away. Bryce, come to you next then. Who are you picking for the European Masters? I'm guessing you weren't going with Alex Bjork, so it's not that no, much I'm not of a going with, uh, I'm not going with him. I'll probably go for Rasmus because I think he's got a bit of an opportunity to qualify and that gives him a bit of a chance. And I think So if Rasmus wins, does he leapfrog his brother and everybody else and does he get a pick? Possibly. Gee. He certainly makes a case for himself. He's not far off. He's, where is he on Rasmus the, is above his brother already. Yeah, by, by far. he is eighth. On the European points. So a win is going to do good things for him. A win is going to do good things, yeah. 
Okay. So any particular nine, reason nine, for him? He's 19th on uh, world points. Just try to think. I really shouldn't because I know you're, have you, you're going to pick Bob, aren't you? Nope. You're not? Nope. All right, well, I'm going to stick with Rasmus. I, I, I like the Hoygaard twins. I think they're cracking to watch. Mm-hmm. Good, good players, great talents. I'm going with a guy who had a good week last week in the Czech Republic. He's won in the PGA Tour this year. He possibly should have won last week as well. And he is doing what he does, I guess, around Ryder Cup qualifying time, peaking late in the season, and that's Matt Wallace. We haven't even discussed him as a contender for a pick, but he maybe should be in the conversation. Winning in the PGA Tour, granted it, was a, it wasn't one of the big PGA Tour events, but a win's a win. And he is playing some decent golf again after a, a, a few quiet years. He's potentially too far away, so he's going to have to make quite a noise this week. But And I think he'll know that, which is why he'll probably bring it, because I think he's... I think I think Matt Wallace is a big time player, and if he knows that he has to win this week, then you can bet your bottom dollar he's going to back himself to win this week. So he's my boy, Matt Wallace. Interesting. Do you think anyone has ever won on two separate occasions? Won the last qualifying event, but then not got in on two Good separate point. occasions because he because he won the maid in Denmark, didn't he? Ahead mm-hmm. of the Paris. Yeah. And we all remember Thomas Bjorn standing there behind eighteen, watching it, applauding yeah. slightly awkwardly, going, ah, "Well done, I'm not picking you." Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so Matt Wallace for me, Rasmus for you, Bryce, and Alex Bjork for Alex Perry. We'll figure all this out. Don't worry, Steve. Steve, the ref's head is currently exploding, going, "How am I meant to deal with a third person?" So just keep us right, Steve. That's all we ask. Maybe we'll do like a, it'll have to be like an average. You, you remember when um when. COVID came in and then with all the football leagues they just did like an average point maybe we'll just do that something. maybe Steve could suggest something so honesty box to finish up we spoke at the top about Ryder Cup so let's finish up there what is your most toxic Ryder Cup opinion something that you would struggle to justify if you were put on the spot and it's just one of those ones that people go what what Bryce is your most toxic Ryder Cup opinion it's not as good as it used to be. <gasps> Gasp! And I'm going to say the last few Ryder Cups, probably the last three or four Ryder Cups have been ruined by those Guardians. Oh, no. <laughs> and I I'd know that, all about them. some people listen and say, oh, they're good, they're just a bunch of nice guys. And, I, and, I, and, I've, and I've, seen, I've seen videos of them behind the scenes and they make me angry. And they ruin the atmosphere, and they ruin the atmosphere at Glen Eagles. I know there'll be people listening for Visit Scotland that'll think oh, that's a bit of a strange thing to say. They hijacked blah, blah, blah. it. They did. They ruined that first tee with their stupid songs, and it stopped because the whole crowd went silent in order to hear yeah. seven guys sing a stupid song about Justin Rose. No one knows the words. No one they can't the join words, in. So they can't join in. It just became a bit annoying. Mm-hmm. And I like it when there's proper needle. And I think it's better in America than it is in Europe. So I think that the Ryder Cups over here are not what they used to be. Mm. I know that's not maybe a toxic thing, but if it's I sit pretty, down, pretty good by the way. If I sit down on my couch at half past seven on that Friday morning to watch the players on the practice range and probably wearing jumpers warming up, and those goons are in the first line behind the first tee, singing stupid Spandau Ballet numbers about Justin Rose. I might just turn over and watch Channel 5 News. What? Really? Yeah, it's not the same. It's not the same. Alex, I'll come to your opinion in a second, but would you agree with Bryce that Ryder Cup's not what it used to be? Because that's that's bold. 
I had actually written down something very similar because for me, it's not, I, I, I was trying to justify it in my brain that it might just be me going like grumpy old man, like always better in my day. And, and perhaps Bryce is thinking the same thing. But yeah, I, the last few haven't really done it for me. Uh, I, I just, for me, like the, the I, I don't know if it's just because I am more nostalgic about the Ryder Cups of my youth, perhaps. Maybe that's just the reason for it. But I just think, especially over here as well, the golf courses have just been a bit shit, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Like the golf, when you when you go back through all the golf courses that have hosted the Ryder Cup down the years, look, I spoke to uh, Peter Dawson, first left-hander to play in the Ryder Cup in 77. And he said, he was absolutely bang on. I said, I said to him, is it actually just a bit shit now? And he said, well, it's just, it's just more commercial, isn't it? I mean, in, in his day, they were playing at, the Burkdales and the Lithams of the world. I mean, Muirfield, we well, we, so, yeah. Muirfield, of course. Are we saying that we can't go back to those places to hold a Ryder Cup? Oh, because we've got to have a massive hotel on site. It's all about money now. It's all the, yeah. the same with everything with sport, really. The I Premier do League, get. I've I, I, I fallen out. Sorry, I, let me finish. I've fallen out of love with the Premier League because there's just too much money involved. It's all a bit wank. The, Saudis are involved in teams now. Qatar, Man City are just going to win everything. It's a bit boring. I do. I sort of feel yeah. that way about the Ryder Cup. It's just all become too much about money and less about two teams with frothing at the. I do kind of agree with what you're saying. The problem with the Ryder Cup is that it's the off-field stuff, like the presentation, the opening ceremony, which is always. I don't care what anyone says. It's always awful. It's. Mm-hmm awful one of the worst ones ever was the one in america would be like so 2012 justin timberlake two, yeah mm-hmm. that was yeah. just an abomination on the eyes the, the whole wives thing the parading of the wives the the speeches the dreadful party after it and they've got this thing now where everyone has to be on site and i get all that understand that but there is part of me that thinks is all that at the expense of a good golf course. The problem is, the Ryder Cup is never about the golf course. It's never really about it. But you could was, play it anywhere, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, there was something about, where was it last time? Whistling Straits, yep. was it? Something about that first hole. I remember thinking, I'm not actually sure I like that. And it's the first hole. And you think, yeah. oh. it, there has got to be an element of, it's got to be a bit hard. But some of it is just too easy. And it's too set up. And I, I do agree with, with Alex that there, there is an element of the golf course that should start to play more, have more of a say in the outcome of the match. Mm-hmm. You know, at the the Yanks open it up to you know no no rough anywhere, hit it where you want is just I think that's a bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I do think you know Glen Eagles PG PG Centenary I think is quite a good course, but it was set up too easy. Mm-hmm. It's too easy to play, yeah. and I and, and I think there's elements of that with Belfry as well and the Golf National as well. Everyone was screaming about the last two or three holes. I mean, I played the golf course. The last two or three holes are ludicrous. You've got so much water involved and none of the matches got anywhere near those holes. So what's the point in having those that finishing stretch? And it's going to be yeah. the same with Marco Simone this year. A friend of mine who works at the LEC played Marco Simone, I think it was around this time last year. And I said, oh, what's it like? Like, how do you fancy it for a Ryder Cup course? And he went, well, yeah, but they just need to change the routing so that that really cool stretch of holes, which are 16, get used, are actually, yeah, yeah are going to get used in the Ryder Cup because we're not going to see them. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with all those points, gents. For me, I, I have two things that spring to mind. One, you kind of touched on it, Bryce, the whole parading of the wives. 
it's 2023 now. It just feels a little bit like that's something that's been plucked straight out of the 70s or 80s. And it's just... I, I don't, it's kind of weird. Wanna, I, I don't want to sound like that guy who's virtue signaling or super woke or whatever. But come on, that's it's not a great look. They're they're basically there cheating on their husbands at work, and it's just a bit. Creepy. It's a it's just weird. Yeah, it was funny 15, 10, even ten years ago, fifteen years ago. We do laugh at it, but when they all come out, it is bizarre. And mm. I remember watching it with my wife last time and she thought why are she said why are they there now i'm not i'm not doing the whole i'm looking for attention because i'm being nice and all that stuff i'm not saying that i can give a shit about that but she thought i remember her saying what's why are they all wearing outfits Mm -hmm. and it it's just is it demeaning i think it is of course it is i I think it is like it's it's archaic. Well, it it's doesn't happen strange. in the Solheim Cup. The husbands no. and boyfriends don't get paid. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's... it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> that! Do they do it at the President's Cup? I would never know because I've never watched the President's Cup because I don't need to. I've never watched the yeah. opening ceremony because I don't need to because it's a lot of bollocks. But <laughs> I did watch the actual President's Cup and not that bit. So does it happen in the President's mm, Cup? Not sure. I would imagine it, it does. Does it happen in the Ashes? <laughs> Alex? Well, no. I, no. No, well, you could, I mean, like obviously, with the closest one example, I suppose is probably Wimbledon, isn't it? Where you've got the, you've always got the wives and girlfriends, always, and they always cut to them in the. we've seen we've seen more of Judy Murray and, and Kim in the last few years than we probably have Andy Murray, but <laughs> it's um, yeah, I'm I'm completely agree. It's it's strange, and it also the the only thing we haven't mentioned is the fact that it opens it up to really awkward situations where you have, was it Ricky Fowler in 14 where he was, wasn't in a relationship that he was yeah. just walking on his own. It was just, I mean, it had that, there was that wonderful photo, wasn't there at the end where all the wives were kissing and yeah, yeah. Ricky Fowler was just in the middle pulling that face. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really funny. And then obviously you had, you had Tiger Woods getting caught on camera staring at, was it Catherine Jenkins? Yeah. He was singing. Mind yeah. you, I, mean, I, but I, it's, I, yeah, it's all, I it's all, and, and, well, yeah. Catherine it's Jenkins. It's all just a bit, like you say, it's it's, it's basically it's, it's grid girls in F one or ring girls yeah. in boxing. It's just it's a bit eighties and nineties. Get rid of it. Give them a little American flag and put them in the same outfits and send the little lady out there to cheer on her man. It's just I don't I yeah. I can't buy into it. And the other opinion for me, quickly, if that's all right, is see the first tee massively massively overstated yeah it is it is the first one i went to you were there 2010 celtic manor yeah we sat there in the pitch black getting rained on torrential downpours and it was just spontaneous it wasn't massive but it was like spontaneous atmosphere that was brilliant 14 sabotage by those goons and since then it's become this thing of how much bigger can we make the first tee and in france it was an amazing stand. It looked visually stunning. When they did the, the thunderclap, it, was, it ruined. was awful. It was ruined. They had a DJ trying to build the atmosphere. Atmosphere to me is something that you should never, ever have to manufacture. It's, it's at its yep. best when it's spontaneous. Get your DJs gone. Get your there was no, Ryder Cup guardians there gone. Was Just no, let the moment happen. There was no atmosphere on the first tee of the Sawhang Cup at Glen Eagles because they had a DJ, mm-hmm. they had a presenter talking to the crowd. And I remember standing down by the players on the first side of the first fairway as they're hitting their shots into the green. You could hear music on the tee. Mm-hmm. You think, they're trying to fake it here. Yeah. You don't need to. This is the Solheim Cup. There's people have travelled from all over Europe 
to come here and watch this. You don't need a DJ. Correct. I'm not saying it's the people in charge, but somebody somewhere has made that decision to stick a DJ on the first tee. And I th- it's, it's come into the Solheim Cup as well. Certainly, I know it's the Aglan Eagles. The Ryder Cup and Solheim Cup both got the same problem. They both got the same they? issue. And I do think you're quite right. The first tee is not what it was. Is that a toxic opinion to go back to the, the question? I, I think I it possibly it is, is because there's so many people that just love it. And they just, because they're not as close to it as we are, they don't necessarily watch for stands being constructed and dissect yeah. it all like we do. And they'll probably be going, oh, you're a spoil sport or whatever. Just but enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'd enjoy it more if someone wasn't telling me to enjoy it. Yeah. If they just left yeah. me to it, I'd probably have a better time. Yeah. Alex, your thoughts on the first team? No, I remember it. I, 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 I'm absolutely 100% in the same camp. I remember standing on the a bit in the, the there's a little media section in the back of the of each stand, which is very privileged, I know. But we the the top of that humongous stand in Paris. I mean, it was proper. Like you're standing up there, like Jesus, I'm a long way in the <laughs> sky. Yeah. But it was. I remember just standing there and looking around and thinking, this is unreal. This is so good. And the players come out and everyone's roaring and the players are doing the thunderclap, which was I thought was really cool when you've got the whole stand doing it. It was excellent. And then, then they did it over said, and over and over again. Yeah. By the 12th thunderclap, then, you're going, I'm done. Yeah, and then everyone... But it, well, even with that, like at least everyone is joining in and really enjoying mm. it. But then everyone went dead silent because, as Bryce said earlier, you've got six dweebs at the front singing Sandal Ballet. <laughs> and you just think... I remember standing there going, what the hell are we doing? Why are we all <laughs> quiet? Yeah, Why is there's like 10,000 people here? Why are we suddenly silent to let these guys... I don't, yeah. and I, I, I genuinely, I live my life by like, if it's not affecting you, if you're having fun and you're not hurting anyone, fine. But you are affecting me because you're infect, affecting my enjoyment of what is should be one of the yeah. coolest experiences in my life. They He's are getting more and more. Like, 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 they are. Those guys are hurting me. Exactly. I think the more that Alex talks about it, it's getting more animated. You can hear the voices getting a little bit pitchy. He's going to walk <laughs> up to Rome this year. He's going to find those guys. Put them up against the wall. Things will happen, is yeah, all I'm yeah. saying. So uh, yeah. I'm going to walk up to those guys and be like, all right, guys, I really like your work. Can I? <laughs> can, 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 I, can I join in? Can I call some suggestions? <laughs> can I thunderclap? <laughs> What's the lyrics to Spandau Ballet Rose song? Oh, gee, it's just absolutely brutal. So there we go. We've just fixed the Ryder Cup in more ways than one. Alex, look, thank you for your time. Absolute pleasure to have you join us, as always. That was to you, Alex. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, right. always always a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> it's just zoned I, out. I think I, I genuinely... So I'm doing his fly out. right now. <laughs> oh, dear. So let's try that sorry, again, yeah. Alex. Thanks for your time. Always a pleasure. It is always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Anytime, anytime. It is your show as much as mine, as much as Bryce's. Bryce, thank you. My pleasure. Excellent. And don't forget, go there right now, bunkered.co.uk forward slash podcast live. It's happening, the dry gate, October the 5th, presented by Eden Mill. Make sure you're there. Do not delay. Go buy your tickets now. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Callaway for their continued support. Until next week, it's bye-bye for now. 